Welcome to Garage A Trois. Thanks for listening. How are you doing? I'm okay. Yeah? Kids are. I'm actually. I'm home alone right now, so I don't have to like be in a a dark room all by myself. I can be out in the in the home. Why are you wasting your time talking to me and not just like running around naked and jacking off everywhere? (laughs) That was earlier this morning. Okay, good. Just making sure you had to do the requisite naughty behavior when home alone for your home alone. Yeah. 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 Okay. For sure. That's all. You're just, you're fine. The kids are. So where are the kids? They're at school until 1120. So I've got a couple more hours. How is it with them being back? I've already asked you this question. <laughs> they, um, maybe, but it keeps flip-flopping. So they, they're finally back to hybrid two days a week, three hours and some change. They really love it. Um, and it's fine. I mean, I am super lucky that I'm not working right now. I had the luxury of dropping them off and picking them up three hours later. Like, you know, a lot of parents are are just scrambling to make that happen so i can't complain but it's nice having that is kind of crazy what what are they thinking with a plan like that are they just assuming that most parents are working from home i guess huh yeah i don't know or they make arrangements or i i think they are doing limited busing yeah if for people who need transportation but it's you know, with social distancing on a bus, I think it's first come first serve and, you know, you got to get on a, a list. It's cray cray. The whole thing is so complex. I feel like after my little rant, I don't know if you want to skip forward and we can just talk about the vaccine rollout. <laughs> Do it. Go for it. <laughs> um, when we're doing roses and thorns, which is your, yes. your family phrase, which I love. Um, but the thorn is a sad one, which is we we marked a major milestone with COVID. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? We did. Um, this week, the U.S. marked 500,000 deaths, half a million deaths from COVID-19. President Biden held a moment of silence for the lives lost. Uh, this grim milestone is more than the, nu- than the number of Americans who died in battle during World War One, World War Two, and the Vietnam War combined. It's so staggering, and I think it's something that we, especially maybe our generation, Marie, we have had troops in combat, I think, for more mm-hmm. of our life than we haven't. Yeah. And I feel like the grim realities of war have changed so much because you have these people who are stationed overseas. They're in active combat in, like, small groups. It's not like what our parents' generation watched on television with Vietnam where people were getting drafted and they were getting sent over and it was this like very active, very visible situation. Mm -hmm. And uh, this man sent an email. I was on a a group email with um, people who I'm professionally associated with were advisors for a company. And last like April they, you know, everyone was kind of sending their like, hope everybody's okay, like COVID emails back when we thought it was going to be, you know, a month long. Right. And this asshole replied, and for no reason, 
was like, yeah, even if 2 million people die, that's less than 1% of the U.S. So we'll be fine. What? And at the time, I was like, how are you doing that math? How How is that? In it? How is 2 million people dying acceptable? And at the time, I had thought and didn't look up. How many fucking people have died in all of the wars that we have ever fought? Like, don't tell me that a percentage of our total population is an acceptable number. One is too yeah. many. One person exactly. dying is too many. And so to reach 500,000, it's just heartbreaking. You know, I think it's funny. Um, Biden just completed his first month in office on the 20th. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, oh, one month in, one month in. Well, he's really got to turn it on now because people are going to lose faith in him if he doesn't turn this COVID situation around. And I'm like, one month in, we all thought it was going to end in a month. Like, get your fucking hats on, you know? (laughs) I don't know. It's just so weird. And now they're, um, you know, we're in Ventura County. I had the blessing, the opportunity to take my parents to get their vaccine Last Monday, I drove them down to the site in Thousand Oaks because that's where the appointments were available. And, you know, they're both over 65. But the journey of Governor Newsom announcing that the vaccine was available to 65 and older and then it actually being released to that age group, it was like three or four weeks difference. Wow. And I know that because the day that he announced it, I signed them up and I sent them down to Oxnard and they got turned away. Oh no. And the person there was like, no, this is just for healthcare workers. And was like super rude to them, basically acting like they were trying to cut in line. And they were like, well, the governor just announced it's 65 and older and you had same day appointments. Like we're not doing anything wrong. They're like, well, the county hasn't agreed to that. And they went into this whole, they, they were really awful to them about it and literally turned them away. And now what comes next? Oh, well, teachers can get vaccinated starting March 1st. Okay, well, if you go to the Ventura County Recovers website and you say that you're a teacher and you hit to see appointments, it doesn't even show you future appointments. It gives you a chance to sign up for their emails. It takes you to a totally different page than if you say you're 65 and older. If you say you're 65 and older, it'll show you all the available appointments. And I'm like... This is bullshit. This this gap between who you're saying the vaccine is for and who you're administering it to is total bullshit. It's so precious. It's so arbitrary. It's such bureaucracy. Right. And I was listening to the supervisors meeting this morning because I wanted to understand better. Look, you and I are at the the end of the line. I get that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You, me, and Megan McCain are at the end of the line. (laughs) That's fine. But my sister is a K-12 teacher. She's going to go back in the classroom at some point. And I want her to have a fucking vaccine. And it's exactly. like the, the bullshit of you can't even see available appointments if you self-identify as a teacher is like, no, you're not making those available. Cut the fucking shit. But also, who are these for if no one is coming to get them? <laughs> like, exactly. hurry up vacations to take people (laughs) 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 all right all right vaccine rant over you're like by the way i'm not getting a vaccine because they'll put a chip in your arm (laughs) oh lord yeah (laughs) i'm like bring on give me some chips i love chips (laughs) 
I love chips. I love eating chips now, with dips. Do you want to go all the way thorns and roses? How are you feeling? Where do you want to take it from here? Other than me, like, taking a breath and trying to drink a little bit of water and calm down. <laughs> we can keep going on thorns because this next one ties into getting that vacation. <laughs> I thought you were going to say ties into, like, the government being frustrated. Who, who deserves a pitchfork right in the ass? Who's in trouble? Ted motherfucking Cruz. Rafael Cruz, a.k.a. Ted. Oh, Ted, Ted. Cruz, the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he tried to take a vacay. <laughs> no, he did. So, he did take a vacay. <laughs> yeah, he did for, what, for 24 hours. <laughs> It, it was very short-lived due to the backlash Cruz received after photos of him and his family boarding a flight to Cancun were posted to social media. <laughs> Idiot. Yeah. Uh, the text. Yeah, go. The text. Oh, go, go. No, go. Oh, I was just going to say, um, he is the, the senator for the great state of Texas that was yes. uh, totally wiped out from a snowstorm last week. Yeah. And he lives in Houston, just to set this up. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, he was accused of fleeing the winter disaster <laughs> when millions of Texans lost power for multiple days, suffered burst pipes due to the freezing temperatures, and resorted to burning furniture to stay warm. It's reported 69 people died during the storm with $18 billion in damages. Food and groceries are still short due to the disruption of, in the supply chain. Of course, multiple hashtags started circulating on social media. Uh, Flying Ted, Fled Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> I love Fled Cruise. And Cancun Cruise. Uh, SNL poked fun at the senator and country singer Casey Musgraves created a shirt with the slogan, Cruising for a Bruising, both with Z's. For sale on her website, uh, Proceeds Benefit Texas Charities. If you'd like to help, you can buy a t-shirt or you can donate to Feeding Texas at feedingtexas.org. There, it's a mess down there. My little brother lives in Austin, yes. Texas. Yeah. So every year, there's like a day or two where the roads freeze. Sometimes they get a little bit of snow, just depending on how wet it is, obviously. But there, every year, there is a blip. Um, it snows in Dallas every year. People always freak out and they're like, oh my God, it's snowing in Dallas, Texas. It does every year. This was crazy. This was super fucked up. This affected almost the entire state of Texas. Yeah. And my brother lives in what's considered central Austin and he was without power for 36 hours. Luckily they have a gas fireplace. So they were able to keep the gas fireplace on to stay warm, but then they've been on a boil water notice until yesterday. So a yeah. week where they couldn't drink the water coming out of their tap. I, I remember after the Thomas fire, we were on a, a boil water notice for a bit, but that, yeah. it's so scary. It's so scary. And you talk about 80 people. Is that right? 70 people. 70 people passing yeah. away. People dying because of this. And mm -hmm. I know we're focused on clowning Ted Cruz, and I will get to that in a second. But this was also, I didn't know anything about the Texas power grid. I lived there for two years. I never knew that it was separate right. from the federal grid. 
right. you have, you know, people getting $10,000 electricity bills because it's privatized. And, you know, as much as I want to rant about bureaucracy, this is why utilities are public is to serve the common good. <laughs> so when you take these exactly. states, two weeks ago, Governor Abbott, who I detest, um, yeah, was talking about Texas seceding from the union. And a week later, he's having FEMA come because they were so ill prepared for this. They need federal yeah. support. And it's like, well, no fucking shit, Jackass. dude. Yeah. All right, let's make fun of Ted Cruz now. So Ted Cruz, <laughs> first of all, this man <laughs> won a popular election over Beto O'Rourke, who's a total babe. Yeah, how? Yes. It was almost 50-50. You know, he didn't win by a lot. Yeah. So I think that that shows right. that, you know, the, the face of Texas politics has changed. But this man was popularly elected, and he's such a fucking Ugh. idiot that here we have Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the congresswoman from New York, raising $5 million to benefit Texans in a matter of like seven days, flying to Houston to help people on the ground. And this motherfucker is like, I'm cold. I'm going to Cancun. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> and they left their dog They home. left their dog home. And then he like blamed his daughters. Yes. What a He dick. seems like someone who is so deeply self-loathing and then also not at all accountable. And right. I was, my brother and I were dialoguing on it quite a bit. And I was trying not to be like too negative on Cruz because my brother had no power and no water. So I wasn't trying to be like, oh, <laughs> Did you see that yeah, in the yeah, airport? Yeah. So I was taking a very light touch on it. But I was also like, oh my God, this motherfucker is done. He's fired. He's going to quit within the next 24 hours. And he hasn't. Mm-hmm. Do you want to give an over-under? Do you think that he's going to get run out of town? I mean, it's Texas. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean... He still has his party support. I think when people start pulling away from him and his own party, maybe it seems like they're kind of they they're sticking up for him right now. But I think you're right, loser, loser, loser. I think you're right. I don't think that he suffers any consequences other than when he tries to run for whatever office he runs for next, they're gonna just rip him new asshole. Be like, no, 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 yeah. I guess he has presidential ambitions. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah, just try. Just try. We. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see the Saturday Night Live sketch or no? I did. The Britney. Yeah, it was funny, but I felt like they were being sillier than they should have been. Like, I felt like they could have, like, really absolutely nailed him. And instead, it was like 80 Bryant with the, like, beach braids being like a little handsy and I was like that's that's funny but that's funny in a way that like kind of lets him off the hook yeah yeah um okay that was good that was cathartic Ted Cruz flying Ted Cruz (laughs) what a fucking idiot (laughs) I also kind of feel like um I don't know what it would be like to be a hostage in his family. I feel like his family is probably like deeply unhappy, but man, people hate them. Some Heidi Cruz. Yeah. She's texting her neighbors 
saying, let's get out of town. Let's get out of town. And then they screenshot that and they send it to the New York Times. <laughs> New York Times. <laughs> I want to know which person <laughs> turned that Well, in. the best part was the article that I read said she was texting and I was like, we're, we're flying to Cancun. I'm not even joking. The Ritz Carlton has rooms for $300. We've stayed on the property before. It's very safe. She's like, you know, being all hoity-toity. I yeah. guess someone in the group thread was like, who is the best? Because like the number wasn't in their phone. <laughs> and so she in the group thread says, Heidi Cruz. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Oh, so good. Oh, it's just too good. It's too <sighs> good. And then they were also saying that once he came back and was doing all those photo ops of handing out water, they were like, hey, idiot, you're supposed to quarantine for seven days if you've traveled internationally. Maybe stop putting your face in people's cars. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I know. Oh, to be him, and yet not. Yeah. Um. Okay, Marie. We, I think, helped a young person make a major life decision on the last episode. Yeah. Do you want to just give a little recap? Uh, yeah. Uh, a roommate was moving out, and our our friend was wondering whether they should uh, breach the topic with their significant other of three years, I believe, um, about moving in together. And they said they uh, were, were comfortable living in their own separate spaces and had not even talked about the subject to begin with. And you thought that was a little bit of a red flag, right? On its own. Did I get I did. that right? Yeah, I, I I think in retrospect, I was maybe a little more judgmental than I should have been. But yeah, the question was like, why? How have you been in a relationship with someone for three years and have never even discussed cohabitating? Sure. Um, do you know if this person decided to talk to their boyfriend or not? I don't. I need to check in. That's okay. I feel like it's the the grand tradition of advice columns that they are not accountable for the advice that they give. So this is fine. <laughs> yeah, and it's very open ended. We don't. Uh, you don't know. You don't know. We should just end every segment. The segment should be called "Good Luck with That." <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and I, I made the it. joke last time because I was sort of horrified that we were actually getting asked for life advice. I thought it was going to be like you know, what's your preferred shoe brand or something like that. So I feel like, yeah, I misunderstood. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, no, it, it was all me, but I would love to <laughs> maybe just pretend like I'm writing in for advice. Marie, what's your favorite shoe brand? <laughs> <laughs> I found one over Christmas because I was, I was looking for shoes for Harry. Um, and I found one called Ponto. They are based in Southern California, named after the founder's favorite beach in Carlsbad, uh, down outside San Diego. Oh, cute. Um, yeah. Uh, from their website, uh, the shoes are made most entire, almost entirely from recycled materials. Uh, their first silhouette looks and wears like leisure. Oh, it looks like work and wears like leisure. Sorry. So they're, they're more... Um, a little more dressy than casual, but they are very comfortable. The shoe bottoms feature a bio-based foam that is the world's first plant-based foam produced with algae biomass, whatever the fact that is. Um, our sh uh, the shoe uppers are constructed using recycled leather. 
And a portion of all proceeds go toward protecting oceans through the Ocean Cleanup Project. Wow. So these are like environmentally friendly. Yes. Ecologically responsible. Fashionable. (laughs) Yep. And comfy. You can have it all. You can have it all. So Harry, Harry really likes them. He wears them all the time. I'll probably get him another pair in a different color. They're pretty basic what they offer right now. They offer men's and women's. But oh, I think only like three different colors of the same style. Um, but check them out at uh, pontofootwear.com. Hashtag sponsored. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I am on, I Googled them and then I was just like clicking through on Google images and there is a photo of the founders on Forbes.com holding the phone to their ear like it's a telephone. Oh, the shoe, like get smart. Oh, sorry. Yes. Holding the shoe to their ear. Now you said like get smart. I wish that's how they were holding the shoe. Anyone who watched Get Smart as a kid, I was obsessed with it. I believe it was on Nickelodeon. Yeah. Um, Make it night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Get Smart shoe, you would hold the sole to your ear because that's where the little dial was or the the earpiece. These idiots are holding the (laughs) soft part of the shoe to their ear. So I'm sure they can't hear anything. Oh, silly. Good thing they're nice-looking shoes. Maybe they hear the ocean. (laughs) You know what? It's so funny. Now we have to put it in the show notes. They're on a beach. (laughs) So they can absolutely hear the ocean. (laughs) That's really funny. Yeah, now I have to save this photo. In fact, I'm going to, like, screenshot it so you can see what I'm actually looking at, which is the Google images with, like, the cat. Yes. Um, I feel like there has been this movement with like a little bit more conscious consumerism and I say that in a good way of people mm-hmm. being more willing to support brands I'm thinking of like Allbirds are you familiar with Allbirds yes yeah yeah where it's like the environmental factor is reason number one to buy them and then the fact that they're stylish is reason number two um that they're leading with that they're not just like these are super handsome menswear shoes by the way they're recyclable yeah um and i think that's really cool i had seen some headlines recently that people are calling on president biden to appoint a fashion czar because i guess fashion is responsible for something like 10 percent of the world's pollution waste yeah waste sorry waste oh no yeah Um, pollution same thing yeah so i love that you selected this particular shoe because i feel like it, it really dovetails into what's happening right now this is like a current event yeah, they're cute. They're pretty cute. Nike just recently announced, I don't know if you saw this, it came out maybe like a month ago, that they have created an adaptive sneaker. Adaptive is the term that people use um, when it specifically is for the benefit of people with disabilities. So like Tommy Hilfiger has a whole line of clothing that's adaptive. Oh. And it's things like instead of the shirt buttoning up, the shirt still has buttons on it, but it actually has like a magnetic strip. And so if someone has mobility issues that, you know, yeah. uh, example with the models is like if someone has cerebral palsy and can't button easily, they can put the shirt on and like slap the magnets slap together, together basically oh, and the shirt buttons up. Brilliant. Yeah, really cool stuff. Um, and so Nike announced that they are coming out with a truly adaptive shoe. It's called the Fly Ease. That's a brand they have now, but this is um, what it falls under. 
And if you haven't seen them, they're really cool. Um, you, it like sort of uh, hinges right where your ankles are. So it hinges open. So you can stick your foot in and then pop your heel down and the shoe closes basically. And then if you want to take it off, you just put, you know, one foot behind the other and sort of like pull your heel out like you would a, you know, boot or something. Oh, very um, cool. But there are actually a lot of shoe brands that are adaptive already. So one that I came upon was Kizik. I think it's supposed to sort of be like um, uh, wordplay with kick, Kizik. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and they're so cute and I'm totally obsessed with them. It's the same sort of thing. It has like a little heel cage so you can step into the shoe, but it doesn't mash the shoe down. Um, but I got to tell you, Marie, if there's one thing I don't need to be buying right now, it's shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else, take our recommendation. We won't be buying any of these. <laughs> We're going to include the affiliate links and hopefully you buy something. No, I just am like obsessed with them and I want to support brands that are creating adaptive clothing because it's such an important category for inclusion but I'm also like oh my god I don't need to be spending a hundred bucks on a pair of shoes that you know I'm, I'm barefoot right now I'm gonna be barefoot later today I'm probably gonna be barefoot the rest of the day <laughs> <laughs> oh I love it yeah. no this is good stuff so if you decide to move in with your boyfriend please make sure you have adaptive shoes <laughs> to offer them we'll just keep tying this all together so good luck with that good luck with that what else is going on uh should we do on this day in history oh i love it what happened uh yesterday or february 22nd 1956 montgomery alabama 80 participants in the three-month-old bus boycott voluntarily gave themselves up for arrest after an ultimatum from white city leaders martin luther king and rosa parks were among those arrested Later in 1956, the Supreme Court mandated desegregation of the buses. Oh, man. So this man, is oh, uh, great timing because it is still Black History Month for another, what, five days, four days? Yeah. Um, and this is our, our history. This is mm -hmm. um, the history of the civil rights movement. And you think about, you know, more almost a century later what the fuck are we up to yeah same shit it's crazy same fucking shit you think about the the courage of the people who were willing to literally put their bodies on the line for this work and how one both organized and also how um what would the word be without social media, you know, without like barely television coverage with, you know, rotary right. dial telephones, the level of organizing that happened for this to be so effective against, yeah. you know, this, this monolith of systemic racism. Um, it's just crazy to me that they were able to be as effective as they were without having the organizing tools that we have today. And then the question is, okay, exactly. what are we doing with those tools? Stacey Abrams yeah. knows, but. You know, what's next? She knows what's up. She knows what's up. Stacey. Stacey, our girl. Future Nobel um, Prize winner, Stacey Abrams. Yeah. Oh, Lord. I have to keep an eye on that. <laughs> uh, February 25th, 1964, Muhammad Ali, a.k.a. Cassius Clay, wins his first world heavyweight title, defeating Sonny Liston. That's a big one. 
Is that what the what happens in that movie One Night in Miami? Have you seen that movie? Yes, I have. Is that uh, yeah. that night? That's that night. Oh my yeah. god! Right. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's probably why it was released around now. I wonder. Oh, yeah. Um, what did you think of One Night in Miami? So One Night One Night in Miami just came out. Um, I believe it was directed by Regina King. Is that right? Yes. Badass. Uh-huh. Got nominated Badass. for it. Um, and it features Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, and at the time, Cassius Clay. Part of what they discuss in the film is his conversion to Islam. Yeah. Um, and yeah. then, um, oh, I can't picture the fourth person. The, he was a football, he was an NFL star that was was uh, going to be an actor. Jim, uh, Jim Brown. Jim Brown, yes, 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 yeah. Um, and they, it, it almost felt like more of a play where they're like stuck in it, a room. I think it was um, oh. originally. <laughs> I think it was originally. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, you, yeah, I mean, it does. It reads as a play. Yeah. Cause they're in one location, mostly the entire film. And there's so much dramatic tension. It's not caused by action in the film. So there are all four of them are in Miami for one night. Cassius Clay has this prize fight. I think it was the, the Sunny Liston fight. Um, he wins. They think they're going to go out to celebrate. Malcolm X is sort of behind the scenes fighting this political fight where he's having this disagreement um, with the nation of Islam and he's going to peel away. And he's mm-hmm. basically, they, they suggest in the film that he's trying to get Cassius Clay to convert publicly to kind of like win himself some political points. That's the right. impression I got. Okay, good. I'm like, am I making that up? No, um, no, no. I think you're right. But so then they end up in this hotel room sort of like fighting with each other for you know eight hours where I was like why is why don't you just leave (laughs) (laughs) um but they're confronting each other on the issues of the day and this idea you know that Malcolm X treats Sam Cooke like he's a sellout and Sam Cooke sort of counters with um what I'm doing is lifting up the black community economically and at one point he's like you don't even have a job to Malcolm X yeah Um, and you you see these tensions of you know here um, Jim Brown is a you know really well known really well respected football player but he wants to dabble in acting and they're kind of clowning him for that and um, Cassius Clay is someone who's like so overconfident but is also kind of childish and sort of looking for approval um, so I found it very intense it, it was for me a little hard because it did feel like a play and I have this weird mm-hmm. thing where every time I go to a play. I love the arts. I love, you know, consuming culture like that. The second that I sit down to watch a play, I'm like, when is this over? (laughs) (laughs) And I will admit, I felt that way a little bit with this movie where I was like, when is this over? They're just fighting. Mom, dad, don't fight. Don't fight. I love you. Um, But not a lot of action. There's not a lot that actually happens in the film that um, pushes the plot forward specifically. I agree. Did you like it? I did. I did. It, it's it was extremely interesting, and I guess each of these men had uh, written about this night in their biographies. Oh, um, so it's it's documented, and so I guess the, this all comes from like actual, maybe not everything, and uh, of course, in the film or the play was happened, but um, it's interesting to to see that that side. Based on true events. 
based on true events. <laughs> that's awesome. Wow, that's so cool <clears throat> that that was this week. That feels uncanny. I don't know why. Yeah, right? Um, and our last little on this day in history, February 27th, 1981, Paul McCartney and Stevie Wonder record. <laughs> Ebony and Ivory. <laughs> I thought that was a fun fact. That's also sort of ripped from the headlines because Stevie Wonder just announced that he is moving full time to Ghana, Africa. I didn't see that. Yeah, he's on his way. Wow. I actually didn't click on any. This is like the classic. Like I saw a headline, but I didn't click on the article. And part of that is just yeah. I'm not super personally invested in where Stevie Wonder was living. Versus where he will be living. <laughs> um, but yeah, he made that announcement sometime within the last week. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Happy happy travels. Happy trails, happy. Stevie Wonder. Happy trails to you. Um, should we do our hero of the week? Love it. I love this. I, I found one. Um, I got this from people.com. Former WWE superstar Gabby Tuft has come out as transgender. Tuft, who previously wrestled under the ring name Tyler Rex, recounted her struggle and the emotional turmoil she felt, especially in the last eight months. In her statement shared on social media, Tuft thanked her wife Priscilla, nine-year-old daughter Mia, and those who have, quote, accepted me for who I am. Tuft added, quote, I don't expect everyone to agree or understand. It's not my place to change any of your core beliefs. Just know that the outer shell may change, but the soul remains the same. Oh, I love wow. that. I got goosebumps. So bravo that is, to uh, Gabby Bravo. Tuft. Bravo. That is amazing. I really feel like we are in a moment of time that hopefully, you know, is longer than a moment. I shouldn't express it as being that short but just that people are willing to live their truth and I mean this is just so brave this is just I agree incredible I, yeah. I feel like more and more we're also just recognizing that gender really does exist on a spectrum I think sexuality really does exist on a spectrum and that as people are getting to see examples of where they sit on that spectrum and it's not just the movies that are caricaturing people or the news that's sensationalizing it this is yeah gabby coming out probably through her own social media channels or you know being able to to control that narrative herself absolutely but i just have to think this is you know <laughs> i didn't know it at the time but this is the thousand points of light that george hw bush was talking about <laughs> um, is that you know I think social media is showing people that they can live um, in their place on the spectrum in a way that we might just not have seen with the media being so monolithic in the past I agree. oh yeah hero good job Gabby very cool yay Gabby um okay so we got through our thorns boo um <laughs> Now for some roses. We'll end on a high note. I love this. So two of our favorites, or at least one of our favorites. <laughs> I don't want to speak for you. <laughs> Donald Glover <laughs> and Phoebe Waller-Bridge. We both love Phoebe. I love Donald Glover. Her. See, I couldn't tell who you were talking okay, about. Good. 
Yeah, I mean, I know we both, but I don't think we've ever talked about uh, Donald Glover before, but we've talked about Phoebe before, um, and I love Donald Glover. So uh, they're teaming up for a Mr. and Mrs. Smith series at Amazon. Does that mean that they're going to be on camera? They uh, they will be on camera, so they're going to, um, here, let's see, uh, create and star. Mm-hmm. Wow. So the Atlanta and Fleabag duo will create and star in the series set to debut next year which was uh, based on the 2005 film, everyone knows this, uh, bearing the same name, starring Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. It was credited for the actors falling in love in real life, and we all know how that one ended. Did it end with him getting back together with Jennifer Aniston at the Oscars last year? (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. Um, All right, last, last exciting piece of news. Take us up, take us away. We've got some competition, Anne. Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen have a podcast together. (laughs) Are you being serious? (laughs) Yes. I saw this yesterday. Uh, Spotify released the first two episodes of Renegades, Born in the USA. That's what it's called? Uh, On Monday. Yes, Renegades, Born in the Ah! USA. Is that like a further... (laughs) Is that like a, a reference to like the birther movement? No. I think it's, a, well, I mean, it's the boss, it's the song, right? Born in the USA. And I think it's kind of a nod to like, yeah, Barack Obama was born in the United <laughs> States. I want to say they did that on purpose. I don't know if that's true, but it's like, yeah, I was fucking born in Hawaii. <laughs> Um, so they, they Spotify released two episodes, uh, six more to come in the next weeks. The former prez and the boss discuss their upbringings, fatherhood, race, and the deep divide oh, wow. in the country today. Yeah, so they take on a lot of topics. Um, I listened to the first episode, uh, and I, I, I'm probably not their target demographic, but I enjoyed it. You're not a steel worker from <laughs> Pennsylvania. Just- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or a, a political pundit. Um, no, I liked it. I liked it. They're they're just very, you know, they're both great storytellers. Um, they're both brilliant, obviously. Um, and I just find their voices really, like, soothing oh. and comforting. So, yeah. I'll probably, you know, fall asleep to it every now and then, maybe. <laughs> if I could just hear Barack Obama's voice on a loop, I think I, I just would. I should just buy all of his audiobooks and just keep them playing in my car. Just listen to them. Yeah. <laughs> Don't fall asleep while you're driving. <laughs> the, the boss wouldn't want me to fall asleep while driving. No. That is so happy. No, no, that is no. so sweet. I feel like I feel like Bruce Springsteen is just emerging as this like hero of the baby boomers. He performed at the inauguration celebration. Mm-hmm. They met, I guess they met um when Barack was first running, he played at uh, Springsteen played at one of his uh, oh rallies. God. So they've had a really she, they've had a friendship for the past what is that 12, 13 years. I love this so deeply. By the way, it's, I realized yeah. that when I was ranting about Michelle Obama not getting paid for her work, she was in office for eight years, not four years. Um, so right. I, yeah. I felt bad about uh, doing that math wrong because she deserves to be paid. But you know what? They got that Netflix money. <laughs> They got that money, and now and now Spotify Boss, money. Get that Spotify money, Barack. Get that Spotify money. <laughs> um, and then I will on the on the 
on the high note, our last rose of uh, this week, teachers in California will be next in line for the COVID-19 vaccine. We kind of touched on that earlier. The rollout for educational staff and childcare workers begins March 1st. If they would make the appointments make available. available, people. That's Monday. That's Monday, Murray. The future is now. Shit. The future I'll, is I'll now. I'll keep you posted on my quest to get my sister vaccinated. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, guys. This was a fun one. A good one. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. This has been Garage Atua. Thanks for listening.